Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to For the Record, episode number 94. Um, sorry I've been so quiet lately. I actually just recorded an intro. Sometimes I'll do this where it's, it's kind of like... If you've ever heard writers say where they do something called morning pages, where they will just wake up first thing in the morning and they'll just write out everything, even if it's just like incoherent nonsense, they'll write it out basically to get their fingers working, their their the muscles in their brains figure uh, just kind of on track, writing about whatever it is that they want. Um, and then the pages aren't used for anything. They're just, it's, it's kind of like an exercise, if that makes sense. Um, I kind of did that. Uh, for a few moments because I hadn't really recorded anything and it was 10 minutes so I clearly had a lot to say but I could not in good consciousness post that because even though this is somewhat of an even though the the big focus for the show is to interview artists and to tell their stories but it's also because it's my show it's somewhat autobiographical and it talks a little bit about my life and some of the things that are going on in it um, and I'm I'm open about that uh but at the same time, I could not in good consciousness post a 10-minute episode about me rambling about depression um, and all the and changes in life. So I wanted to uh, re-record this, keep it a little bit shorter. I'm about to head out uh, in just a couple hours to head down to Shoreline Amphitheater for uh, prepping for Live 105's BFD. Uh, this is going to be a crazy festival I've been I've been going to BFD it's it's really cool because I've been going to BFD ever since I was in high school the first year I actually saw um I went because the artist headlining the festival stage um was playing and they are actually headlining again uh today so it all comes full circle um and it's really cool to be a part of something that I guess is such an institution for me um and for so many people in the Bay Area, it's, it's generally, other than Warp Tour, probably the first festival that people go to when they're first going to music festivals, at, at least just from my experience and for talking to people. But um, this year, Phoenix is headlining. Uh, Andrew McMain in the Wilderness is another artist going to be on main stage. Cold War Kids, Milky Chance, Franz Ferdinand, uh, Taking Back Sunday is headlining the festival stage, as I said earlier. Um Highly Suspect, LP, New Politics, Swimmers. There's so many amazing artists. The Subsonic Stage, which is where I first discovered electronic music, is going to have um, uh, Getter, who is an, an actually a San Jose DJ, uh, is going to have a nice big homecoming show. So this is going to be really, really fun. It's going to be a great weekend. Uh, there's going to be a local band stage, bands like Silent Pilot, um, uh, Picture Atlantic, a lot of great stuff. Uh, for more information on that, go to live105.com. I'm shamelessly plugging that uh, because it's it's my the staff has been working so fucking hard on it, and it's gonna be an it's gonna be an amazing festival. So if you're in the Bay Area and you want to go out to a great music festival this weekend, please go and get your tickets and come and do it. Tickets are going fast, so um, there you go. All right. Uh, as I was saying, I've been really quiet for a while. I, I, I rambled about this a little bit. I've just, I, it's, life has been weird. Um, it's a lot better now, but for a little while it was, I was, I guess I was going through, I'll be fully honest, going through a little bit of an existential crisis. Um, I'd had some episodes recorded that they originally hadn't gone up just because there were other time sensitive episodes that had been going on, but, uh, some things got in the way with life and just the way things are going. 
um, things are much, 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 much better now. Um, and I finally found some time to set aside to post these as they rightfully should be. And I'm booking more episodes next week. So this is going to be, um, a lot of fun. It feels good to be finally back into it. Uh, this episode was sponsored as always by the lovely audible.com over 180,000 audiobooks from literally every genre you can imagine to sign up for a free 30 day trial and a free audiobook. Visit audibletrial.com slash shameless promo. Once again, audibletrial.com slash shameless promo. This episode was recorded back in April and it just, like I said, hadn't gone up because of some other episodes that had to go up first. And then I mentioned earlier the whole existential crisis thing, blah, blah, blah. Um, this is uh, a really incredible solo artist named Walker Lukens. And uh, we talked about an EP that he'd released earlier back in April called Ain't Got a Reason. Um, it's available now via Modern Outsider Records, um, and it was produced by uh, Jim Eno. E- excuse me, Jim Eno, who's the drummer of a rock band called Spoon. And um, it was really great to talk to Walker about his process, working on music, uh, putting together the EP, working with Jim, and how that relationship came about. Um, he's a fascinating guy, and it was uh, really nice to chat with him. So uh, if I look at my calendar right here it uh looks like jim uh or not jim walker has some upcoming dates at the firefly music festival the weekend of june 14th uh so you can go to his website walkerlukens.com his facebook page uh facebook.com slash walkerlukens atx or follow him on twitter at walkerlukens um his last name is spelled l-u-k-e-n-s um, to find out more information about where he's playing, where he can get upcoming music, stay up to date on everything he's doing. So without further ado, here's episode number 94 of For the Record with Walker Lukens. Enjoy. I, uh, it's funny, I was trying to figure out when exactly it was, because I saw that you were on the West Coast, and I'm in Central Time Zone, and my publicist is in New York. <laughs> oh, no, gotcha. No, 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 this is perfect, this is when I guessed, but it was more just funny, because I was like, man, these things, three time zones, but yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I'm. Uh. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, to, to hear that, and for the confusion. Yeah. That multiple time zones makes it a little bit, uh, crazy. Yeah. No. It wasn't your fault. It wasn't your fault. Just. Uh, just nature of the game too. Because have you ever seen that thing happen? Also, when you schedule something on your Google Calendar, and then it will change the time of the event if you don't specify the time zone. 
that the event is in. I haven't. I actually haven't seen that, but I um I use um I use just my iCalendar and Apple, but uh I know that a oh, lot yeah? Of, yeah, I know a lot of different people use uh Google um the Google Calendar, but that's so weird. I've never heard of that happening. I told I um, 100% take you take your word for it, but man, that's so weird. I'll have to I'll have to well, look around at that. <laughs> sometimes when we sometimes when we are on tour, that's like a a thing we run into. Sometimes it's like oh, if gotcha. You, if you don't specify, if you I can't remember right now which one it is. I think if you do specify the time zone, then it will list. Uh, it it will list what time you schedule for in the time zone plus the time that it would be in the time zone that you're currently in. But it just gets to be the thing you're like, I don't even know what's happening anymore. Gotcha. What yeah. Time is this stupid event? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. They told us technology was supposed to help us. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Where are you calling from again? I'm calling from out in Oakland. So I'm about 20 minutes uh, outside right of on. San Francisco. Yeah, cool. Yeah, we were, we were there and uh, we stayed in Oakland in December. Oh, nice. Yeah. Was we that... played in San Francisco, but we stayed there. Yeah. Um, wh- where did you play when you came to San Francisco? We played at Slim's. Oh, sweet. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. It was a great, it was a really awesome room. Were you headlining or were you, uh, were you want to bill with another a group of artists? We were opening for a band called Wild Child. Okay, cool. I've, I don't think I've ever heard of them. Um, I'll have to I'll have to look them up though. Um, that's awesome. Check them out. Yeah, definitely. No, that's yeah. great. Um, was the show good? Yeah, it was great, man. Uh, it was they they do really well in San Francisco, so it was like almost sold out. I think that's like a six hundred cap room. Yeah, it's, it's something it like that. Really good night. Yeah, I think the yeah, last it was a really good night. Very nice. Um, I think the last show I saw at Sims was. Um, earlier this year and it was a hardcore show so it was just and it was sold out so it was it was so packed and you could like I walked up to the balcony that little balcony that's in the back where people will have dinner and stuff like that like people can buy like those dinner packages Um, Mm -hmm. and I walked up there for a second to like get some water and then I came back down and there's just this cloud of sweat that's hanging over the entire crowd and I, it was so it was so disgusting but it was it was memorable and then watching that yeah. like there were 20 people airborne at any moment stage diving um <laughs> wait what band was it uh the band was called every time I die um oh, yeah, yeah 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 I I saw that band when I was in high school uh and it was like I mean, it was the most aggressive. <laughs> I mean, at that point, they were playing in, in clubs, still like small clubs. Yeah. But it was one of the most aggressive environments I've ever been yeah. in. It was amazing. I loved it, but it was definitely uh, just so... I just had never been around that outside of like playing football. It was just so <laughs> many people hitting each other. It was amazing. Yeah, it was it was a trip. I'd I'd only heard stories. I'd never seen them before and I got into the show and every band in the lineup just got more and more aggressive like you could see the way the crowd and, I, and the last band went up and i'm like there's no way there like if that was what if that was that intense what is this going to be like and then they came out and i was like all right that answered that um that's amazing yeah it was it was still really fun they were a great show they were a lot of fun yeah. um but yeah 
Um, in terms of, I guess to, I guess to kind of jump in a little bit to your music on, I guess on the opposite side of things, you, I, I would, I'd classify you as a, a, a rock artist, but, um, yeah. within like, I, I don't, I, I hate trying to come up with genres for people, but I hear, I hear alternative, I hear indie rock, I hear, uh, kind of bluesier, uh, a bluesier side of things with you. I, I guess what were some, when you were starting this project, what kind of did you have any kind of a vision of what you wanted to do in terms of the sound or was it kind of just like you know i'm gonna go in a room i'm gonna play something and then whatever comes out is just whatever's gonna come out i'm uh i have made music for most of my life um and most of what uh most of the changes in my style and my songs have been a reaction to what I was doing before. Yeah. And I, before I started down the route of playing under my own name, uh, I was, I was, a rec- I had, was doing the kind of acoustic troubadour thing. And when I started playing under my own name, I wanted to get away from that. So I'm definitely a recovering singer songwriter. Um, and, you know, I, I basically uh, started down this route uh, with just me and a leap station and an electric guitar. And, you know, I wanted to do something different with those instruments. So I didn't want to loop my guitar. Yeah. I wanted to loop my voice. And, you know, I didn't want to make, like, kind of bony there ethereal folk music i wanted to make something that was a little more fun to play live because at that point that's what i was doing mostly um was just playing live and you know as i started doing it a lot of the bluesy kind of more rhythmic aspects of my song started to come out i mean when you're working with a loop station and you have you can only change the loop so many times while you're playing, you know, the root of it has to stay the same. Yeah. That's the limitation of the technology. And so with, you know, with those limitations, I just got a lot more interested in rhythm and and that kind of stuff. Um, And fast forward a couple of years and, you know, I play a steady band now uh, who I made that record with. And, yeah, I mean, I definitely, I, I would definitely say it's indie rock. I would definitely say it's bluesy. Uh, my basis grant calls it blue-eyed soul from the future. Nice, that's, that's a good name. That's a that's a good. Um, it's a it's a, a lively, colorful image. If you're talking about a genre and you want to tell someone what kind of music you are. Yeah, I like blue-eyed soul from the future. Another one is uh, high concept bar rock. That's another one. High concept part. I like that. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the, I think those are good. I mean, uh, we're, we're definitely, you know, it's definitely rock and roll. It's just trying to be a little more, uh, um, we love experimenting with production and doing different things, which a lot of rock bands don't necessarily like to do. For sure. Um, well, so for this EP, uh, the Ain't Got a, Re- Ain't Got a Reason, um, w- was that... Um, just with my uh, with the notes that I have here, just making sure I got everything in line and correct. Um, you worked mm-hmm. with uh, did you work with Jim Eno 
on that EP or was it just the first uh, the first kind of project you'd worked on together? Because I, I read that you guys met at a bar I, and you had this meeting and you kind of just started talking and started working together. But I, I guess how did that collaboration come about and was he involved with Ain't Got A Reason at all? He was involved. He produced every song on there. Cool. Okay, um, sweet. We So we recorded and produced um, basically everything we've put out in the last, year or two has been uh, I recorded with Jim nice mm -hmm. that's awesome um I, I guess it, it, in that encounter when you're when you're meeting when you're meeting that person and when you're meeting that person who's going to work with you was it did you know who he was was it an awkward experience was it was it very friendly like I, I guess how did the idea to start collaborating and have that production partner come about uh, can you ask your question one more time? My phone cut out. Oh, no worries. Sorry. Um, I was just saying, was it when you're meeting uh, someone like that that's going to be a production partner and it's going to work with you on all these different songs, was it was it a weird meeting? Did you know who he was? Was it was it a, a good introduction? And then how did the idea to start working together kind of come about? Was it like a, a more natural process? Or did you go, hey, I like your stuff. Let's work together. <laughs> you know, Jim is a really... Uh, is a really busy guy. Um, you know, I mean, he's, he's in addition to producing and working with bands, he's also, um, uh, he also, sorry, in addition to working on records and stuff, he's, uh, in a full-time band. So yeah. it's a little hard to get his attention. When we met, he had heard my song on the radio and he had shazammed it. So oh, cool. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, there's an awesome radio station in Austin called uh, called KTX that plays. It's really good about playing local artists when their stuff comes out. So we had heard it. He shazammed it. He was listening to it, and we met in a bar and uh, through a mutual friend. And it, the meeting was definitely uh, our first encounter. We talked about possibly doing something together. Um, and then basically Jim got really, really busy with Spoon. And so I just kind of hounded him a little bit via email or whenever I saw him about possibly recording together. And I sent him the demo for a song called Every Night. And he liked the song and said, hey, I, can, I have enough time to do one song. So we did one song. And then I just kind of kept emailing him and sending him demos. And by the time we released every night, which was January 2015, yeah, uh, we were already working on like a full-length record. So, so it, it happened. You know, I mean, we we definitely met with the idea of working together, and that's how it all started. I mean, it originally was gonna be one song, and then it became. 10 songs and since then you know we've kept doing stuff whenever whenever the schedules work out i mean right now you know spoon just put out a record a few weeks ago i guess a month ago um so he's super busy uh with them but i'm sure i imagine this summer we'll probably get in there and do another song with jim um yeah it's just been an ongoing thing it's been very casual and it has been really awesome to to work on the music with him, I think 
for one, I think he's a really talented producer, but two, um, he loves to experiment in the studio and that's my, my favorite thing to do. So nice. Yeah. Um, well, when you say that you like to experiment in the studio, do you, is that referring to, I guess, song structure, guitar sounds, instrumentation? I, I, I guess, what is it that, what, that draws your eye, um, or in this case, your ears to something where you want to, I guess, when you want to experiment, I, I've heard bands say that before, but I'm, I'm always curious to know like where that, that thirst for experimentation comes from. You know, do you know John Bryan, the producer John Bryan? Uh, John. Name is familiar. He, okay, so it's B R I O N. Um, he's done, he's done a Fiona Apple record. He did a record with Kanye West. He did a, not college dropout, but wait, who was college dropout? Anyway, he's done a lot of records. Uh, uh, yeah, let me yeah let me check. I'm I'm curious now. I've got the to the internet. Um, let's see, he's got sound soundtrack credits. Um, he's got like I think this is the right one. Um, let's see, view all. Yeah, for so you said it was B R I O N. B R I O N. Yeah, John J O N B R I O N. Okay, cool. All right, so it's come up here. It's only coming up with this soundtrack discography. Here we go. Yeah, Fiona Apple, Every Day. Um, he did the... Wow, he did the string arrangements on Lemonade um, for Beyonce. Um, yeah, he's done so much, yeah. so much stuff. But, but John, John Bryan says this thing uh, in this interview I love where he's like talking about how, you know, a long time ago, people really liked songs nowadays people connect with moments like and i think what he's trying to say is that you know a sturdy song like a a something like uh let's say that willie nelson song crazy that patsy klein made famous like that's a sturdy song you can play that with all sorts of instruments whereas a lot of those songs eliminate you know you couldn't pick up a guitar and like actually play it uh it's it's the production is so complex it doesn't work yeah if you're just playing it on a guitar you know but i think he's right i think nowadays we sort of like these these moments more than we like a sturdy song and in my mind the best way to get at that is to sort of be experimental in the studio so a lot of times you know and with jim jim was great with this uh like on this EP that went on Where's Thunder Road, you know, when we were playing as the band, it was me at the piano singing and the band playing around that. And it kind of sounded a little bit like a, a Randy Newman song. And I had this piano loop and Jim was like, well, we should just get rid of the piano and you should just have a piano loop. And so uh, it completely changed the feel of the song, you know? By, by the willingness to sort of let go of the, the root of it, which is really, you know, a piano. Yeah. It opens up all these possibilities. And I think that's kind of what people connect with now more than, you know, just the lyrics or just the melody nowadays. It's really these kind of production, these aesthetic decisions that you're making. Um, 
there, there were a lot of songs on there where, I mean, on the last EP we made you know, on that song, um, a song called Never Understood, like I had brought in this really complete sort of piano ballad. <laughs> and Jim had the idea of, what if we try to not have any piano on this song? And in my mind, I was like, man, what would this even sound like without a piano? <laughs> you know, I can't, even, I can't even imagine this song. But then if you start sort of approaching it that way, then the vocal melody and the lyrics sort of become the driving thing, the thing you really connect with. So that's, that's definitely one thing that, that uh, he and I really connected with. And, you know, as, as my band has moved forward, it's something that we really look forward to. I mean, we don't, we hardly ever work out songs before we go to the studio. We like the studio to be, you know, one of the things that's helping us finish songs and stuff because seeing how it feels when it's recorded, I mean, for in a lot of ways, that's how your songs exist for people. They just listen to them on Spotify. They listen to them when they're walking around, you know. I mean, that's how people really experience your music. So yeah. trying to make that, as strong as possible uh, has definitely become our goal. Yeah, does that make any sense? Am I rambling? No, no, sense? no. That that makes perfect sense. I, I, I think it's I think it's kind of funny because I know that there's like maybe twenty percent of musicians, and I'm totally making the number up and the statistic up. But like, let's say like twenty percent of musicians can go into a studio and just be like, yeah, whatever comes out comes out, and then the other eighty percent, or eighty percent would flip their shit if they ever had to go into the studio without anything prepared at all and be like um yeah there's so many bands out there that have to have it like at least the skeletal structure of the entire album written out and done before they could even set foot into a studio because there's so many external factors going on and just the need for i guess control um so it's always really interesting to hear someone who just who can go into a studio with their band and say yeah we're just gonna jam and we're gonna we're gonna approach it from this direction and it's gonna sound um and it's gonna come out the way that it does so i think that's really cool and i think that speaks to um it's just it's it's a new or not a new way but it's it's just a very um cool way of approaching a record and an ep I think uh, I think the other part of it too. I mean, a big restriction for a lot of bands is is uh, is money. You know, I mean, a lot of bands yeah. want to have all the details worked out, so when they can go in there, you know, they don't have to, you know, they don't waste any money. But the tricky thing about that is, you know, the quicker you go, just the more uh, the more the songs will sound the same. So, like, if you're you know, you have enough money for three or four days in the studio and that's when you're trying to do a whole record, then you're going to get one drum sound and you're going to use it on all the songs. Whereas if you can go more slowly and not try to do as much at one time, which is, which is luckily what we did, um, you know, you, you can afford to take those chances. That's part of what's so hard for a lot of bands. You're just really trying to get it done. They don't have a lot of time. You know, I think honestly, I think my songs are pretty boring without the, they would be very boring if there wasn't a lot of, you know, sonic experimentation going on in the studio. They would just sound, yeah, kind of boring. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, now, right now, you know, the place we're in, it's like, 
I, I know the melodies, definitely have the rhythm section worked out, but then just going to the studio and like really try to see how crazy you can get without making something unlistenable. Um, you know, that, that song on, on uh, Ain't Got a Reason, the song called uh, Love Me Tender, Don't Be Cruel. Yeah. All of that stuff at the beginning, I mean, originally that was uh, guitars and voices doing ooze. And Jim was like, ah, I just think it's kind of boring. And he took out drums and we ran the voices through this crazy keyboard. And that's sort of how the beginning ended up sounding like that. And there's no drums, you know, before originally it was this really driving thing. And those are just the kind of decisions and things that you can do when you have a little more time and you're open to doing crazy stuff, you know? Yeah, that's fantastic. And it makes it so much more interesting for you guys. I mean, not only for fans when they're listening to it and for a fan base, but for you guys when you're making it, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean the same thing. You're not going to get the same thing like three times over. It'll be a totally different experience for everything you do. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, yeah. Another part of it, which is worth noting too, is, is uh, I've never been the kind of guy who can write the same I have trouble writing like 10 songs on guitar. Like I just really struggle to do that. I'm always so jealous of my friends who can really do that. Like it's so impressive to me. Um, I just heard my, this band in Austin called Otis Destroyer. Um, my friend just sent me their record that they finished and I was listening to it. I was like, man, this is just like 11 really awesome guitar rock songs. Like, I wish I could do that, you know? Yeah. So, well, the other EP is, you know, it's not all guitar music. It's all, there's a little more variation just because I don't really know how to do that well. Some people do that so well, but I can't. For sure. It's different experiences for every for everybody. I mean, it's everybody's yeah. kind of got that strength. And the, I think every musician has that one, not necessarily instrument, but that one thing that they always are like, if I could just do this, it would totally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally for sure um well, we'll wrap this up totally. we'll bring this to a close um but these i give this preface uh just because they're really broad questions but these are the last two questions i ask to every musician that i do an interview with um whether it's on the podcast or for a print article whatever it may be mm-hmm. um but the first question is uh what kind of message if you have one would you like fans to walk away with after listening to your music Ooh, what kind of message yeah if you have I one i hope that I mean, my my hope is always that uh, listening to uh, this record or seeing us play live helps people feel more free. Hope they feel unencumbered. Hope that they, you know, that's the experience I'm always hoping that people have. You know, I'm not the kind of songwriter who gets very political and uh i think sometimes my my stories and the things that i'm talking about it can be really hard to decipher but i hope that the feeling that people get is this feeling of being more free and feeling uh like in some way they can sort of transcend the place and time where they're in you know that's what music does for me that's the thing i want people to feel perfect and lastly, what does music mean to you? Ooh, I mean, it, 
it means a whole lot of things. Uh, I mean, for one, it's, at this point, and I've devoted, you know, at least half my life to to writing, recording, and performing music. So it's a huge part of who I am. Um, it's also my job too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, I think the beautiful thing about music is that, you know, you can a song is a very portable thing that can be part of your life in a lot of different ways. I mean, I'm like everyone else. I listen to music when I'm doing my work, and I think that's a really valid way to experience music. I like listening to music if it's not that loud. Like I like when a band's playing when I'm at a restaurant or something. I love going to see shows. I mean, music means a lot of different things to me in a lot of different a lot of different uh, uh, environments, right? But recently I've been realizing that, like, music people are, like, that's, like, my tribe of people. Like, I've been realizing that recently. I was like, man, everyone I know is kind of a musician, you know? <laughs> and, and we're, like, you know, those things you have to explain to people in your life who don't do what you do. You know, like I, like I always have to explain to my grandmother, for example, like why I don't really care at all about living with roommates. But to my grandmother, it's like this really crazy foreign idea to be doing that when you're 30 years old. Or like, yeah, I don't really, you know, I don't really necessarily care. I don't know how many money in the bank, you know, it's really foreign to her. But it's like to my music people, it's like we don't even have to talk about it. It just is what it is, you know. We're kind of like part of a, we're sort of a tribe. So recently I've been realizing that writing and performing music is sort of the prerequisite for being a member of of my tribe. These people are my tribe. That's what I've been realizing. So that's what music is to me most, most recently. Awesome. That was a perfect way to close this out. And uh, lastly, uh, where can people find you online and where can they go uh, pick up the EP and check out your music and all that good stuff? Uh, you can find me on any social media. It's, uh, it's Walker Lucan and you can go to my website and buy stuff or you can get the most recent stuff at modernoutsider.com. I mean, it's in, it's in stores. It's on the internet. It's on Spotify. It's literally anywhere you, you listen to music. I promise you can find it. Awesome. Well, Walker, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to chat with you and I'll, um, I'll send this over once it's ready to go live and we'll... Uh, we'll get it going. All right, man. Have a good day. No worries, man. You too. Take care.
Telling God it's time to speak 